take the time to thank you lord for this podcast i thank you lord for the listeners lord i thank you for your word father i pray that you uh teach us lord during this time of teaching i pray father that you help us to be sensitive to what the holy spirit has to say and father i pray that this will reach the person that needs to hear it in jesus name amen well welcome back to realm podcast i'm your host charles pence this is a kingdom-minded kingdom-based podcast and i am so thankful to be back with you again it's been a rough couple of weeks with a lot going on including me catching the flu so but thank god that i'm over that mess and i do want to go back and say something about some uh, previous episodes um the last episode i believe i done was the kingdom-minded and i forgot to say that the kingdom the kingdom the kingdom of god is within you someone brought that up to me and i think i read the verse about that uh, i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah just want to say that and also back to the episode when a christian falls uh i forgot to add that you know sometimes as christians we are tempted and there's nothing wrong with temptation you know sometimes i feel guilty or others may feel guilty when they're tempted and that's that's normal that's gonna happen but it there's you you haven't failed you haven't sinned if you were tempted that means you know that's that's just a part of the christian territory but anyways uh tonight's episode and next week's episode kind of goes hand in hand um it's gonna be i guess considered a two-part episode um different topics but they both kind of go hand in hand with each other so i won't um waste too much more time i I guess i'll get into it but um anyways i want to thank the listeners um i thank you for the positive feedback that i've received and thank everybody who's reached out and it's been a blessing to hear how this podcast has been a blessing so uh i just i greatly appreciate it and it really um encourages me and I, I thank you for that but um yeah just remember to share with others and um leave reviews and stuff like that it, it kind of gets the podcast more out there but um anyways I, I just thank you all so much and i do covet your prayers so anyways without further ado let's get into traditions all right i'm gonna start reading from the scripture in ezekiel 37 uh starting in verse 1 um all right the hand of the lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live so i answered O Lord God, you know. 
Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, <clears throat> and as I prophesied there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. So <clears throat> it was, uh, I want to say a couple months ago, maybe last month, I can't remember, there was a lot of uh, talk going about the Asbury Revival and... You know, it seemed like a very mighty move of God going on. But the, the thing about it was there was a lot of backlash going on about it. And my I'm not even really going to give you my opinion. I've heard certain preachers who were out there to actually experience it. And they said this was a legit move of the Holy Spirit. You know, this was a legit revival and stuff. So I'm going to take their word for it. Um, I guess if I do have an opinion, I believe this was a work of God. And I do believe people's lives are being changed and stuff, regardless of what people say. Now, I've heard a lot of naysayers. I have heard a lot of just trash about, well, you know, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. Well, the music they're playing is not um, the right music. They're not singing the hymns and everything so it was uh during this time period uh this the lord laid this verse on my heart and laid a word on my heart really i shared it with my pastor but i haven't shared it with too many other people but <clears throat> the word <clears throat> sorry the word that the lord gave me was is do not let the traditions of the past hinder what the spirit is doing now let me repeat that. Do not let traditions of the past hinder what the Spirit is doing now. Now, what if, uh, <clears throat> I believe it was Ezekiel. Yes, Ezekiel told the Lord, well, I would prophesy these bones, but this is not how we done it back in the past. This is not how we done it back in the day. I mean, what are you talking about? We don't, we, we, we don't do it this way. This is not how my ancestors or my grandparents done it. What, what if he's told them that? I mean, for starters, I think the Lord would have probably chastised him in some type of way. And second, he, he definitely would have rebuked him because the Lord gave Ezekiel a command. And Ezekiel had no choice but to follow that command. So, I'm going to speak on traditions. Is there anything wrong with traditions? Absolutely not. I love traditions. That's, that's the part of Year, you know, living year round, I got traditions for every month, it seems like. And I, I mean, I love tradition. There's a lot of traditions I had as a kid. There's a lot of traditions in church that I love. 
Is there anything wrong with traditions? Absolutely not. Do we all have the same traditions? Absolutely not. So, there's nothing wrong with tradition. I, I believe that is a God-given gift for us to enjoy, you know. Now, can traditions become a problem? Yes. And that's what I'm going to speak on. You know, I'm not speaking against tradition, but there is some cases where tradition is actually just a downright sin. Okay, and I'm going to name these points. All right, for starters, a tradition becomes a sin whenever that tradition or that work takes the place of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Because salvation comes through Christ alone. If you do not believe me, listen to what the Word has to say. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Now, you heard that. I don't want to be accursed. I don't think any of you will do either. Well, let's see what the Bible says about salvation. Acts <clears throat> chapter 4 verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Alright. Acts 16.31 So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Okay, 2 Timothy 1.9 Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began? Okay, I mean, that's pretty cut and dry, you know. Okay, here's another one, Acts 2.21 and it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. Here, Romans 10.10 10, For with the heart one believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I've read that verse time and time again. It's pretty cut and dry that Jesus is the way unto salvation. It is not a works-based thing. Christ is the only way we can be righteous before the Father. Christ's blood is the only thing that can wash away our sins. Okay? I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. Anything other than Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, any other way is false. Any other way is not going to work. Christ is the only way to the Father. I don't care who likes this. I don't care who does not like this. I don't care who's listening. Mark my words, this is what I'm saying. Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. And you better get behind Him now or in the future. If you don't believe me, let's look at this verse. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Chapter 2, 9, verse through 11. Therefore God also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. There it is. <clears throat> I don't care if you've been to school. I don't care if you've been to seminary. I don't care if you are the Lord's first cousin. 
it's cut and dry. That's what the scriptures say. Anybody coming and telling me anything else is a false prophet and they will be accursed. This is cut and dry. This is scripture. Okay, and I will never, ever bend or break on this truth. That's right. It is truth. It is absolute truth. There ain't no, oh, this don't work for me. Well, it, it better work for you because this is the truth. And I'm standing on this. I bet my life on it. I bet my eternity on it. And I'm sorry for being blunt, but actually I'm not sorry because this is just how it is. And <clears throat> this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to preach. And anything else, it, it just it don't even matter. So anyways, anybody teaching a works-based tradition in order to earn salvation or get you to heaven, that is wrong. That is sin. It is false. And there is a lot of churches that operate in this way, okay? Nothing wrong with traditions, but they're saying these traditions is the way into salvation or into eternal life, all right? It's false. Christ is the only way. Your dress code does not make you saved, your dress code don't send you to heaven, okay? A lot of churches and a lot of people, especially, you know, legalistic people who act just like Pharisees, try to put so many laws and regulations and traditions on people in, in making them think that this is the way to salvation. It is not. It is through Christ alone, through His precious blood that was shed on the cross, not through a suit and tie, not through a long skirt, not through, you know, the Eucharist or anything like this. It's Christ. All right. And a lot of churches really don't operate like the body of Christ. A lot of them operate like glorified cults. And I'm just calling it for what it is. And that's just how it is. Okay. Now, <clears throat> we got that point across about, you know, traditions becoming a issue when it is a way of earning salvation. Now, let's talk about something else. And this episode might rub some people the wrong way, and I'll be honest with you, with this topic right here I'm about to talk about, it definitely rubbed me the wrong way because I was convicted by the Holy Spirit, and he, um, yeah, he, he convicted me. And truth be told, I, I'm thankful for it because I know that there's still some growth and learning to do. And a lot of people don't like being corrected, but you know what? I do because it helps me. It helps me to have more wisdom. It helps me to live a more, you know, prosperous life. I'm not talking about like financial gain or being prosperous in the world's eyes. I'm talking about the eyes of God because those are the eyes that matter. But anyways, I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to read a scripture here for you. But before I do that, there is uh, also scriptures throughout the New Testament. I can't pinpoint each and every one of them, but there was times where the Jews were trying to tell the Gentiles that there are certain traditions that they have to keep in order to obtain salvation aside from Christ. They just pretty much tell them, like, all right, you got to accept Christ, but you also got to be circumcised and follow certain things. But, you know, Paul rebuked them. And, and I, I believe Paul even rebuked Peter 
in uh, some of the scripture. I'm not 100% sure where, you know, chapter and verse and book and all that, but, you know, I, I remember reading it and heard it taught before. But anyways, here's the, um, I'm going to read this scripture to you real quick. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Okay, now concerning these things offered to idols, now this is Paul speaking. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Therefore, concerning eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we live. However, <clears throat> there is not in everyone that knowledge. For some, with consciousness of the idol, until now, eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we better, nor if we do not eat are we worse. But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. Now, hear that word, stumbling block to those who are weak, for if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. <clears throat> but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble... I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Okay. <clears throat> now, this is dealing a little bit more than dietary, what I'm going to speak of. But what Paul is talking about here is there were certain Christians who was eating this meat that was offered to false idols. But some of the, you know, other Christians, um, he says weaker Christians, were offended by this and they felt like they shouldn't eat this meat even though he says, you know, God gave us the meat and, you know, it's okay. It's good meat. Eat it. But <clears throat> what Paul is saying here is if it causes a stumbling block and he's doing it to wound his brother, he's doing it against Christ. Not his brother, but Christ. And this is where I got in trouble with the Holy Spirit because it's always like, well, the other people, the other person, the other person, the other person, you know. There's a lot of traditions out there, and my biggest one is is about a dress code, okay? There's a lot of churches where the men are supposed to wear suits and ties. I do not like suit and ties. I hate them. I wear them for Easter or if my wife wants me to wear one. I've heard plenty of people say, well, if you go meet the President of the United States of America, you will wear a suit and tie. Actually, no, I wouldn't. Because I look at it this way. I don't care if I ever meet the President of the United States. I don't care if it's Joe Biden or who it is. <clears throat> president don't do nothing for me. He's just a person. 
and I can care less if I'm wearing a suit and tie. I probably wear shorts or something because I just I like to dress comfortable. I mean, if it's winter time, I'll probably wear pants, but I just you know, I, no, I will not dress up for the president. But my biggest thing is is that I feel like I don't have to dress up to please God because I believe there is a lot of scripture that talks about the the heart of a man being what uh, defiles the man and stuff, you know, not the outward, because even the Pharisees were told that, you know, they were like tombs because the outside looked clean and washed, but inside was full of dead man's bones. But that being said, the Holy Spirit did convict me because if a brother of mine in a church is that passionate about it it will be a good thing for me to not put a stumbling block before my brother okay it's a two-way street and the road starts with me of course I had my <clears throat> my bickering my arguing people probably think I was talking to myself but yeah I was talking to the Holy Spirit I'm like, well, what if they don't, you know, walk this two-way street and the Holy Spirit laid it on thick? It don't matter. Let, let the Lord deal with them. When the Lord tells you to do something, you do your part and let the Lord deal with them. So if I go to a church where they think men should wear suits and ties, what do I do? I wear a suit and tie, not because I'm weak, not because I'm a pushover, not because I think it's a way for me to earn salvation, but simply because I do not want to put I do not want to put a stumbling block before my brother. We are part of the body of Christ. We may all have disagreements, but I love my brother. I don't want him stumbling even he is and if he is that passionate about it. I should not make a scene and not put a stumbling block before him. That's what the scripture is saying. Because I'm not offending him, I'm offending Christ. Now, be careful with that because this is a world full of people and everybody is offended by everything. It is not your job to walk on thin ice to keep from offending people. <clears throat> and it's okay for people, even in the body of Christ, to have disagreements. You don't believe me? Look at this scripture right here. Okay, Acts 15, 36 through 40. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. <clears throat> now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia, I guess that's how you say it. I'm not a very good pronunciator. And had not gone with them to work, to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Now, these two men of God, these two... <clears throat> Preachers of the gospel had a fallen out, an argument, and departed. 
was this in any way, shape, or form a bad thing? No. Disagreements are okay to have. We can all have disagreements. It is the God-given ability to make choices, to make decisions, and it is not my job or your job to agree with every one of them. If you think loving people is being tolerant, then you have been lied to. There's a whole world of people that I love because God wants me to love them. Does that mean I tolerate what they do? No. I, I mean, it's just, love don't mean tolerance. So it's okay to have a disagreement. It's okay to have a disagreement even within the body of Christ. That's fine. It's fine and dandy. So no, we don't have to tiptoe around each other and not have disagreements. Okay? But let's not put stumbling blocks before each other. You know, I'm not going to sit there and tell somebody that I think they're a fool or they're crazy because they want to dress up for church. More power to them. I'm thankful that people are passionate about dressing up wearing suit and tie and beautiful dresses to honor the Lord. That's what people do to honor the Lord. I don't feel passionate about it. I don't feel strong about it. And I don't think it would be a good idea to come at me and gripe at me about not doing it. But on the other hand, why should I sit there and gripe about people doing it? They believe they're doing something great for the Lord. Okay? So if they're passionate about it, don't put a stumbling block before them. And it's not just dress code, it's other things. As long as it don't contradict the Bible, as long as it don't teach a way of salvation other than Christ, as long as it doesn't put up a stumbling block before other brothers and sisters, traditions are okay. Traditions are fine. But we got to be careful with these traditions and not make them an idol. We got to be careful with these traditions and not make them a stumbling block. Okay? I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to give you a story. I, this is a true story, and I'm not going to name no names because, you know, these people aren't here to defend themselves. But for the sake of this podcast and teaching this, uh, <clears throat> all right, let's say all right, one woman, I'm going to call her the neighbor, and one woman, I'm going to call her the church lady. So, anyways, the neighbor was new to the neighborhood, and one of the neighbors was the church lady. Anyways, the first time the neighborhood woman ever met church lady, now this neighborhood woman is not a Christian, and this church lady is uh, is pretty obvious, you know, she's a church goer, a Christian. And anyways, the church lady tells the neighbor, you will never inherit the kingdom of God wearing pants. Okay. You will never inherit the kingdom of God or go to heaven wearing pants. If you don't see a problem there, then you need to check yourself because, like I said, traditions are not wrong. People are passionate about stuff. But what what is she saying here 
is she saying that pants will send a person to hell or, or pants um, make it possible for a person to go to heaven? They never even met each other, and this is the first thing out of her mouth. Okay? Not like, hey, how's it going? God bless you and stuff like that. No. You're wearing pants, so you are doomed. I have a problem with that. I would feel better if she said, you know what? You will never inherit the kingdom of God until you repent of your sins and believe on the name of Jesus Christ. I would have felt better about that. If somebody came up to me and said, hey, you will never inherit the kingdom of God wearing shorts. Do you, and I wasn't a Christian and someone said that to me. Do you think I would step foot in a church like that? No. Do you think salvation is that easy? No. Salvation costed Jesus Christ his life. He was tortured. He died and suffered to save us from our sins, to save us from death, to save us from the wrath of God. That's right, I said the wrath of God is what he saved us from. A lot of people don't talk about this. No, we talk about how God is love, but we don't talk about how God is holy and that God has a wrath towards those who sin. People say, well, you, God is love. You need to read the Bible. Yeah, you do need to read the Bible from start to finish because God is love, but God is holy, God is just, and there is a wrath that Jesus saves us from, and that wrath is the wrath of God. So, don't sit here and make fabric a life or death situation, or make a tradition, or how you feel a life or death situation. Because... Life and death comes from your rejection or your acceptance of Christ and the work that He'd done on the cross, the finished work that He'd done on the cross, not the works that you do. Now, a lot of people say, what about holiness? Okay, I'm, I got news for you. If there's any holiness in your life or any fruits, it comes from the blood of Jesus and the inworking of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you are doing works on your own, you are wrong. It will not last because you can't do it on your own. You are too much flesh. I'm too much flesh. The only holiness seen in your life is from the Holy Spirit in the work of Christ. That is the only holiness. Your traditions won't hold you up. Your traditions won't save you. Your traditions don't make you holy. As a matter of fact, it makes a lot of people ugly. And it makes a lot of people act just like a cult. So, stop placing stumbling blocks for people. Stop placing traditions on people, expecting them to... Make your little checklist so they can inherit eternal life because inheriting eternal life is through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. That's eternal life. Christ didn't sit there and die for you just to make salvation a, a fabric matter. It rubs me the wrong way when people put all this crap on other people in order for them to think, that's the only way they can be saved or right with God.
There is so much garbage like that. I've talked to so many people who feel guilty about certain things that don't even matter. So please, if it's causing a stumbling block or making a complete butt of yourself, stick your traditions in the closet, lock it up, and just leave them there. Like I said, traditions, nothing wrong with it. I think it's God created them. But please, please, for the love of God, don't let your tradition become an idol. Don't let your tradition become my way or the highway or let your tradition become the infallible gospel. The Word of God tells us that we cannot achieve salvation aside from Christ. Alright? Yeah, I got, I got a little passionate about it because I'm tired of seeing people who are part of the body of Christ or claim to be a part of the body of Christ hurting other people. It makes me sick. It makes me sick that there can be someone lost inside of a church somewhere the entire time a preacher is preaching on someone wearing flip-flops to church. I'm sorry, but, you know... A lot of people have this idea, well, this is how they done it back in the, the good old days of of the, you know, revivals and stuff of the 50s and 60s and 20s and all that stuff. Well, you know what? If God was moving then, it wasn't because of what they were wearing. It's because these people hit their knees and were seeking God. They emptied themselves of themselves and was seeking God in the spirit. Holy Spirit. That's what started the Asbury Revival. It was a normal chapel service and a few people decided to take the time out of their busy schedules just to seek God a little bit longer. And lo and behold, a revival breaks out. Revival doesn't break out because of what you wear. It breaks out when you come before God brokenhearted, empty of yourselves, and seeking the Lord. Well, that's not how my ancestors done it. Well, guess what? That's not how their ancestors done it. And that sure as heck is not how the apostles done it. I'm sorry, but the apostles didn't wear suit and ties and listen to hymn books. Shoot, majority of the people back then wore skirts anyways, even the men. I mean... Let's be real. A beard don't separate you from God. A woman who doesn't wear skirts 24-7 don't separate you from God. Sin is what separates you from God. Well, you're just looking like the world. Well, guess what? The Bible is pretty clear on what the world looks like and it says nothing about fabric. So... That being said and done, traditions cannot save us. Traditions should not be a stumbling block. And next week, I'm going to dive into church hurt. And um, I think it's something that should be addressed because that, that's a lot that happens. And a lot of times it is tied up in traditions. And... I might have seemed like I've gone a little extravagant or overboard and a lot of people probably won't agree with me and honestly I, I don't care because it needs to be said. There might be someone out there hurting and never want to step foot 
in the house of the Lord again because somebody somebody put too much of a load on them because of traditions of their ancestors. And next week I want to address the church hurt because there might be people out there who don't want to step foot in the house of the Lord again because they think God is disappointed in them or God hurt them or God don't exist because of the way they were treated in church. That's not the case. And before I even start next week's episode, I'm here to tell you, God never hurted you. That was man. That was human being. So stay tuned. I'm super excited about what God is doing here. And I think, you know, this teaching and reading of the scriptures and preaching and stuff will break some chains. I believe that there's a lot of people in bondage and a lot of people not thinking about what they say or do. So if you see me at church in a suit and tie, that means either my wife told me to wear one or I don't want to cause a stumbling block. But we got to stop. We, you know, we, we, we're the kingdom. I talked about being kingdom minded. We're a part of the kingdom. We got to stop being ugly at each other. We got to agree to disagree because it's okay to disagree. People might not agree with what I say. Well, I sure as heck probably don't agree with them either. A lot of people probably don't think I'm qualified to even be talking about this, and they're probably right. But I still am going to talk about it, and I still am talking about it. So anyways, uh, I'm going to pray before we end. So uh, let's bow our heads unless you're driving. Anyways, uh, Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, that we don't have to depend upon traditions of man or Pharisees, Lord, to earn eternal life, Lord, that we can't work to earn it, Lord. But we thank you for that free gift of salvation, Lord, that was free for us but cost your son so much. And I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to lean on our own understanding, Lord, but, Lord, that you provided that sacrificial lamb for us, Lord, that we may have eternal life. Because, Father God, I cannot do this on my own. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes and cleanses me of my sins and justifies me, Lord. I thank you for that justification. And I thank you, Lord, for being patient that while the Holy Spirit works on me. For the sanctification, Lord, in my life, Lord, that it is a process. But, Father, I just I thank you. I thank you, Lord, so much for these gifts. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.